we were all born perfectly you know mm -hmm. and we already have everything inside of us but then life happens and the world happens and we build all these layers and that's the only thing that yoga and this spiritual powerful thing gives us it's like okay you have to t you have to unpeel those layers you have to take them off 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 like an onion and and then that's what because we don't want more 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 we want less less mm -hmm. less 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 like our my my path or my journey in life and my goal is to come to zero because that's what we eventually want welcome to a curious yogi podcast i'm your host bobby and these are my conversations with sadhaks satsangis and other spiritual seekers join us as we discuss and discover what it means to live a spiritual life and walk the yogi's path each week you'll gain insights into your own practice as we share the stories and wisdom of those that walk the path with us. I'm so delighted you're here. Now let's get curious. Welcome back to another episode of A Curious Yogi. This week's guest is Caro Tak, and she is not your average yoga teacher. Caro mm -hmm. lives and breathes ahimsa. It shines through everything she does. Speaking from a place of realness and authenticity, Caro has traveled the world sharing her Ahimsa living stories and experiences as an animal rights activist using yoga and yogic philosophy as her platform. She's been teaching for over a decade. She's a trained Jiva Mukti teacher and has recently expanded her views, learning from other teachers and other methods such as Mick Barnes and Stu Gilchrist. She's currently completing her 500 hour with Stuart, which we'll definitely get into in the show. Caro's yoga classes are dynamic, strong, energetic, with teachings drawn from her own life experience as, as a coach and animal rights activist. She also has her own podcast, which I love, called Go For Your Life. She's a vegan food chef and food coach, a self-proclaimed holistic navigator. Caro is also currently studying to become an Ayurvedic health coach. So, wow, amazing. Welcome, Carl. I'm so Yay. excited to have you here. Thanks for having me, Bobby. Yeah, like we just said before we pressed record, it's just so nice to connect with like-minded people. Like, mm. you know, I think I came across you through the Vegan is Yoga podcast, and then I saw that you were studying with Stu, who I love. It's just like, you know, you kind of weave together, like you just cross those paths, and it's really great. So we're going to touch on a lot today. I have so much to ask you. Um, and I'm really excited to hear about your spiritual gap year and your just personal journey to yoga. So I thought mm. we could begin there with just what brought you to yoga, specifically the deeper spiritual side of the practice. Well, I mean, like for me, um, like it's like now sort of 10 years back or something. And to be honest, like, of course, yoga, you know, yoga has been around for quite a while. And it came up in my life a few times where friends would be like, oh, you know, I'm so into yoga. And I was always like, what's this yoga thing? You know, like I, to be honest, I thought it was ridiculous. And uh, I had absolutely nothing. Uh, I was actually making jokes most of the time, to be honest um because i was like doing boxing and martial arts and in some of the boxing gyms that i was um you know boxing in like they had like yoga sessions after and i was like they're just lying there on the floor and i was like what are you doing you know i mean this is not my thing at all 
Um, so, but through, I was with Sea Shepherd and through uh, being an activist, um, we got like free classes in Sydney for Jeeva Mukti yoga. And I, I mean, I was so resistant. I was like, I'm not going to go. Like, like, you know, this is not for me. And then, you know, few people specifically Drace, he was the ship's manager at the time. She's so like, no, Carol, you're gonna love this. You're gonna love this. You have to come. So anyway, I, I went in there and then, I mean, the practice already was very dynamic, but it was specifically the mantra, Loka, Samasta, Sukhino, Bhavantu that just yeah. grabbed me. Cause I was like, hold the phone. Like that's like, and it is my, it's like my, I breathe and live and love that mantra so much. I mean, it's, it's my life, you know, it's like male beings everywhere, be happy and free. And, really committing to that so for me it was like hey that's like you know an activist sort of mantra um it's my the theme of my life in a way so i was i was i was i mean i was really like hooked i was like okay sign me up to this club you know like so it was uh and i was really inspired and still am very close to sharon gallon and david life who are the founders of jeep Muxi yoga and i was in awe of of them and specifically sharon's books and stuff and just her life work of being an activist uh, and a performer as well. I also have a performing background like them both. So uh, I don't know. It was just, yeah, it just grabbed me. But I have to say, like, it's only been, it takes, a, I think it takes a long time to really, for me, it was just an excuse to have, you know, a platform to talk about animal rights because Steve Mukti is so much about Ahimsa, so much about animal rights. And to really get into the depth of the spirituality of yoga and really understanding what yoga truly is, that's definitely only been the last few years. And specifically, uh, this spiritual gap here where I feel I'm getting closer to God, uh, to the divine. Because in a, yeah, in a way, for me, yoga for a long time was just yeah a platform to talk about animal rights, which was amazing. And it still is, but it's definitely, there's way more layers in it now and yeah i think and i think i always was a bhakti yogi i always was very you know dedicated and devoted um and in a way i always felt that there yeah there was some kind of connection to god in there but i guess it took me you know some time to really find it and and understand it and sort of make sense of it in a way that i you know that i could work with it and i i don't know i just fell in love with and I still am like I'm I'm in love with yoga. I mean, it's my life now, and um, like I I can't even think of you know like not having a day without you know you know for me a day hasn't really been a day if I haven't practiced in it or mm-hmm. like I feel extremely um, yeah extremely dedicated to the practice and, and specifically also to my teachers, but definitely the practice itself is also so has become such an important. It's kind of, you know, it, it's just an extension of who you are. It's like, I just roll out of bed and I'm already in a downward facing dog. You know, it's just like, I don't even really have to. It's beautiful when you come to a point where another yoga teacher once told me it takes effort to become effortless. And that's really what I feel now, like, you know, doing it over and over and over again for a decade now does, it becomes effortless. It becomes like you just breathe you know, from one, the first breath to the last breath. And it just feels like one breath, you know, it just feels like one movement. And um, yeah, I just love it. So, so for me, I'm, I feel really grateful, but for me, yoga, lots of people, lots of people only really think of the physical side, which for me is, is asana, you know, asana is like the, the physical 
movement in a way or experience of yoga where yoga to me is is a path to the truth it's like living your truth it's ahimsa there's there's so much more to yoga i mean if i don't know when i'm serving people food that's my yoga or you know even what you're doing with this podcast or what i do with my podcast that's yoga or you know like being off service doing your seva just being a good person is yoga you know like because i think I, I couldn't care less if you can do a handstand for 20 breaths if you are just being an asshole. You mm-hmm. are not in yeah. yoga, you know? So mm-hmm. if you don't understand what yoga truly means, then you're still hitting it the wrong way, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. beautiful. I love what you said about, um, what that teacher said about take effort to be effortless. It reminded me yeah. one teacher once said to me, to get freedom you have to move through discipline like discipline yeah it's you to freedom and it is kind of that space and then like how much yoga just starts to become there's no end and start and even mm. when I was reading your website and going through all that you do how it is just woven into each aspect I love how you said that you know you're serving food that's yoga that's service yeah. that's bhakti mm-hmm I didn't realize that you were an animal activist first and then yeah. a yoga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so lots of people do the other way around. Mm-hmm. The other way around. Like that's what I think is, is funny as well because lots of people get into yoga and then they get more conscious and then like, okay, I got this consciousness now. Okay, maybe I'll eat a lot. I'm still eating meat, but I'm going to eat a little less. And slowly they get into this sort of like consciousness of like, oh, I'm going to change it. Where for me, it was already the other way around. Like I was already very conscious about you know animal rights and what we're doing to the world but then i think yoga and the practice of yoga really made that uh, i don't know also i think it's something that Stuart always says as well like when your body and mind is strong you can also be off service like that's actually mm-hmm. the only reason i think in his mind why he practices yoga and why he teaches it and it's the same for me it's like yeah you know it, it helped me so much as an activist as a person um to just be yeah to, to if you're happy and healthy you can be so much more uh, of service and don't get me wrong because you know i'm not <laughs> i'm not one of these i always say yoga teachers with the yoga voice um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like no because for me yoga yoga isn't sukha yoga is actually a lot of dukkha you know it's mm-hmm. really suffering i mean like specifically you know stewards classes or jeep movie classes <laughs> younger classes I mean, they're suffering, man. Like, I have an Iyengar teacher in Holland. It's not, like, in the beginning, I really, I kept going, but I was like, this isn't even really fun. Like, like, this is just, you know, it's just, like, you know, yeah, it's like like going to military school or something. I don't know. But it was, I mean, it's helped me so much, and I really love him dearly. But, you know, there's this thing of, like, it's suffering, absolutely. And it's, like, going through a lot of uncomfortable you know uncomfortable feelings uncomfortable poses mm-hmm. <laughs> um every day you know so like you don't come to the mat and and it's like oh my god everything is like i'm so happy and i'm so the world is so beautiful and it's all so great it's like yes it's that but absolutely but actually i find it important that we also that we you know, weave in social justice and politics and animal rights as much as human rights, you know, and that that's also our mission and our job, specifically as a yoga teacher in this time, to talk about that and not like shy away from it. You know, it's like, I sometimes feel specifically in sort of corporate and commercial yoga spaces, 
they really want to please the clients like even calling it clients you know like mm -hmm. i'm like you mean students and like instructors and i'm like you mean teachers you know it's kind of this feeling of of like i don't i'm not there to please people you know like if you come to a, like i'm yes i'm a yoga teacher but i'm not there to i'm not there to kiss anyone's ass i'm not there to put like you know what i mean like to put a feather in i'm um I'm there because I believe that the practice can really liberate you. But to do that, you you need to be willing to do a lot of work, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, and so I think I'm compassionate and I think it's a lot of, I make a lot of jokes in my classes, but I definitely want you to come and work. And if you don't want to work, then you shouldn't come. Yeah, and, you, and like the physical work, but also like you even expressed just before that, the deeper work, the inner work mm -hmm. that like yeah, is almost can it. be even harder. That brings oh, us yeah. closer to that sense totally. of divine and that absolutely like, it's almost like harder to break through, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, today I was in class with Stuart and he said this beautiful thing where he was like, meditation is actually way more important than the asana ever will be. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the thing. Sitting still, you know how it is, but we sitting still for for a very long time period, you know, five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes. I mean, you know, and everything that comes up, and you just have to sit there and be the witness and you know, let it arise and, and let it it's really, really I mean, it's you can tell, you know, meditation is harder for people than moving. So I think that in a lot of in a lot of ways, you know, it's the the hard work is is actually really in the in the silence and in the quiet and in the stillness. And we I think, you know, for example, if you've done a really strong asana class and you've been really, you know, you know, really running and, and exercising your body and then you do meditation, it's easier because mm -hmm. you are already like, oh, okay, you know, it's still not, it can still be difficult but there is a way of like you've already warmed up yourself to then be still i mean i love sometimes you know after shavasana i just sit when especially when i do my own practice at home i like to sit for 20 minutes or 25 minutes mm -hmm. after a strong a class and it's just the nicest thing you know you just and then you think oh i think it was only five minutes and you look at the clock I'm like oh i'm already sitting for half an hour you know yeah um so it's yeah i think that there is a lot of power in that you know mm-hmm yeah, like no. you just actually made me think, I don't know if you've done one of these, but when I did my Vipassana, like sitting, I was always like, I'm yeah. such a strong yogi. I have like a strong yeah. body. And then like sitting and meditating for 10 days silently mm. was like one of the hardest things. Yeah, but Vipassana is, I mean, the whole concept is because of that. You know, the whole mm -hmm. concept is, I mean, people leave. People leave on day four or day five mm -hmm. or, you know, and, and that's totally, uh, I never judge people because I understand that, you know, it's, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's uh, I have actually said a few times and I also surfed on, uh, on a few. Yeah, it's really amazing to see also to sort of witness other people also how they're going through it. It's a task. But then I think when you come out of it, you just, you're light as a feather you know like it's like you don't even you're walking on clouds you know it's kind of like ah you know what a what a nice feeling but you show up and you do the work that's just for me what yoga truly is you know yeah it's not a bath of flowers or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
And mm. speaking of like showing up and doing the work, um, yeah. like you're on this spiritual gap year, which yeah. like, let's just start by like, what inspired you like at this point in your life to be like, I'm taking this year for myself, for my practice, for my growth. I think it really organically <laughs> evolved in a sense, like, cause I'm extremely passionate. Like, so I, and I, I really trust and believe like whatever's happening in my heart. So if I get this feeling, like I can be really impulsive, like, oh my God, I need to do this, you know? Most of the time I'm right, though. Most of the time it kind of, you know, pushed me in a certain direction. I never, I, I actually, I, I had a job. I had a job in Amsterdam. I was like, it wasn't a great job, but, you know, I was, you know, in a job. And um, and so, but then, so, so yeah, Stuart gave me a scholarship to be in his teacher training. And initially he kind of, <laughs> he's also like always so all over the place he initially kind of i don't know sold it to me as like hey you can totally do it from holland don't worry you know like you just come to london so now and then and you know you can do it um because it is also a virtual in a way online and uh but then i remember he asked me to still be there for the first weekend because of course the first weekend he wanted to meet all of us and see see how we are you know practicing and that stuff and I, at this stage, I'm already nearly, you know, I think for a year and a half, I was already in all of his classes all the time online and completely, um, you know, very committed to him, already, you know, had him on my podcast, developed a bit of a relationship with him. And then I met him and I remember like he, you know, we met each other and he's like, oh, this is what you look like in real life. And I gave him a hug and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing this online. First of all, I want to be closer to Stuart because he's an extremely important teacher uh, for me but also just wanting to be in these classes life you know and develop a relationship with my other the other people in the training we've become very close actually it's one of the best groups of people I've ever been in I mean we're like brothers and sisters we have each other's backs yeah I mean it's it's a gorgeous group so for me it was also like no I want to develop this these relationships and I want to I want to you know give that space as well and for me because I really believe that I'm connected with the universe and that the universe is just holding me. Like, I don't know. And, it, and I'm really grateful for it um, because it wasn't always like that in my life. I've had quite a rough one. So for me, I was like, wow, hey, what's this? You know, like, it was just beautiful because the weekend that I, that, so I met Stuart that weekend. And then the next weekend after that, I was in uh, Wales for my Ayurveda training. And I was like a face-to-face also, you know, meeting the teachers there. And then uh, one of my teachers who, who has become one of, I mean, I call her my goddess because she's like way more than a teacher. And she's really become my guide, my spiritual mother in a way. Um, she invited me to come to Wales more often and, you know, um, do some cooking there and like get to know the community that they've built there. So I was like, hold the phone, you know, like just when I kind of, yeah, decided for myself, I want to be in London. Then it also, um, yeah, I also got this opportunity to spend more time in Wales. So for me, it was like, okay. And that's, that was the last year, December, beginning of December, close to my birthday. Um, I was like, okay, that's it, you know? And, uh, and then I just discussed it with my partner who, you know, is of course an incredible, incredible person who is always so supportive. The beautiful thing about Miguel is that he, yeah, he's just, you know, he understands that we are a couple, but then I, that we also have individual dreams, you know, and we do any, I think we both try to do anything in our power to also really, you know, get our individual dreams to, you know, to work. So he was like, yeah, go do it. 
I understand it. And funny enough is when I do the Zoom class, I'm sure you you can relate to this. When I do the Zoom classes, I have it on speaker. So my whole living room is just Stuart. Uh, <laughs> and so in a way, I think Miguel also really loves him because he's usually there and he, he laughs about his jokes. And um, one of the last podcast interviews I've done is actually with Miguel interviewing Stuart. Yeah, I um, heard that one. I love it. Yeah. So in a way, you know, I feel like they they get along and so yeah so he was like no of course you need to be with this you know i get it and in general like he he knows how deep um, my love for Stu is you know so and then when i thought about it i was like okay so this year i'm just going to really focus on my studies on the teacher training with Stuart, but also the ayurveda diploma uh, and it was kind of all because because it is all happening in the same year and also it kind of ends around the same time as well at the end of the year and you know, Bobby, I worked so hard. Like I've always, I worked since I was super young. I had my own cafe with my best friend for five years. I went so hard, you know, and had a few burnouts. You know, I just always worked, 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 you know. So, and even though like at my time, like, oh, well, I'm having my spiritual gap here and getting my nails done. And like, it is still very much hard work also yeah. because also the studies and, and doing two studies at the same time is insane so um so yeah it's still very much hard work but um, i'm loving it i mean i think it's amazing because i feel now like i'm in my early 40s and i have big dreams for myself so i feel like this is just the right time because i never get this opportunity again you know like i never and i never had a gap year like when i was 18 like what some people do you know when they come from uh from school or something i i always just worked so so mm -hmm. this has been um yeah, it's been incredible and I'm learning so, so much and I, yeah, just soaking it all up, you know, like, yeah, just getting the most of, of every day. Mm -hmm. One of my teachers said to me once that the world will never put value on spiritual work, even though it's the highest value work that we yeah. can do. And yeah. it's so true, like, talk about how hard you work and like, I can also relate to that and how the, it's like it's celebrated like I worked so hard and this and that but like actually like the truest highest work we can do is exactly what you're doing like mm -hmm. making yourself a better teacher while also making yourself a deeper yeah. but brighter person so I guess you're like almost a year and you're like what oh no I guess eight eight nine months in like yeah. what's what's shifted for you like personally since all this study and this you've got Ayurveda you got yoga yeah. it's like you're getting like the whole picture yeah I think just the importance of being spiritual first you know that's something mm -hmm. that specifically my teachers Annie and Shona from my Ayurveda um, course and they've become I've been, become very close with them they really stand by that that they are spiritual first and then they are you know business or you know however you want to look at it but mm -hmm. for me it's, it's that feeling what you just said I, I totally agree with that is is um, that's something that I really have learned and more personal personally also is is just um that the inner work is really important and so like for example i i even like um shared a video about it the other day on instagram it's like i don't have the need to be on social media mm -hmm. like i i don't like it anyway and it's something that um you know for the last few years i've been really dreading um but more and more i feel like i this is my 
this is my journey, you know, this is my inner journey. And I'm, I'm happy to, you know, like share with like the bits that I want to share with people are of course, you know, like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm back in London or, you know, I'm doing this or, you know, we, you know, I'd like to stay connected, but I just feel like what's really happening to me, like my inner work and, you know, the, the revelations that I come to, or, you know, just the experience itself is mine, you know, and, and I don't feel like, uh, wanting to share that or put that on you know social media because it's mine you know mm -hmm. it's something that Miguel always inspired me with this as well because he's very private and he sometimes it bothered him if I would put like a photo of us together on he's like I don't really want you to do that I don't really want that on there and in the beginning I was a bit like you know you're my boyfriend like get over it <laughs> you know like I want to put a photo there whatever but I understand I, I definitely learned that my private life is private and we have so little private these days you know mm -hmm. everybody knows everything about everyone and so in a way like you know I feel like I want to go back to reading a book you know and uh and not you know being on Instagram or Netflix or or be you know just sort of like the the, the basic foundation of, of who we are and what we have I find really important and I'm the happiest when I'm on the mats, you know, I don't, I don't want my phone on. I don't want, you know, I just, yeah. In a way, like leave me alone for a bit, you know, mm -hmm. um, I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's a pretty important like point though, at this time where like, we think that we're connected, but it's actually total disconnection. It's so yeah. unintentional and like disingenuous that like I could totally relate to that. And yeah, no, because I feel like you know I um I spend time at this ashram in the Snowdonia Mountains sometimes, and when I'm there, I actually like really I always have my phone off nearly because I just or or I'm just not looking at it because I just feel like no, I want to be present, you know. Mm -hmm. There's so many because there's like lots of devotees there and lots of beautiful people and and even in general like even when I'm or when I'm with you know teachers that I really admire or friends or like I mean how many times Bobby do you go out for dinner with someone and they just leave me on their phone the whole time and you haven't seen him forever and you're just like why am I even here you know mm -hmm. and what is it that we are so we always need a distraction when actually what you just said like connecting like truly connecting like right now I'm with you like there's nothing else like my phone I don't know where it is I'm just here with you because we're having this conversation and it matters you know mm -hmm. and I think that more and more I would just love to I mean today as well you know like I I just like witnessed this a few times now where people bring their phone next to their mat and I'm like yes like such a pet beef First of all, it's also super bad for you, like on a health, on a health uh, basis, you know, like it's just like you don't want that energy, you know, just no. But also why the distraction, you know, because for me, what I always call yoga is my 19 minute holiday. Mm -hmm. So it's like, because nothing matters. Like uh, I could have had a fight with someone, could have had an argument with someone, could have had a bad day, whatever. For those 90 minutes, nothing matters only me breathing that's it so celebrate that we have to detach as well and i think we have to detach in order to connect more mm -hmm. so that's also the feeling where i sometimes and i feel also that that detachment or also detachment of stuff is something that i already had but it's this year like it's oh man like i give everything away you know someone gives something to me i give it to someone else 
it's kind of like this flow of, you know, stuff and things and, you know, and it makes me happy, you know, it makes me happy to sort of like, yeah, I don't really need it if you want it, you know, and especially when I'm traveling and someone goes, oh my God, I love that dress. Even if I've never worn it, you want that dress, it's your dress, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's one of those things where, yeah, I'm, I'm learning a lot about, yeah, the beauty of it and how easy it is, you know, how easy we can just detach you know and 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 make and just make a connection that really matters you know Mm -hmm. yeah it is so interesting and like when you were talking I was thinking about like how we take in prawn like we take it in through the air and I think I've heard Stu say this before like we take it in through the food we eat the sunshine and also like through the phone and through the the like what we're attached like that is prawn that we're taking into yeah. our body or being like how yeah. do we want to show up as yogis yeah. in the world it's like probably yeah. with less of that type of prawn moving in you know yeah of course I mean like you just got to be mindful of um yeah just be mindful of and what it's doing to your head you know like how you don't it's it causes this extreme restlessness as well you know um yeah it's, it's like I think I'd love to have a day where you just go okay I'm just turning it off and turning the phone off and and sometimes you know just yeah just connecting to to nature and and what really matters and and telling yourself like okay today today I am not going to be here mm-hmm. and for me this year is a lot like that you know and you also see that it doesn't really matter though you know like it's like people go like oh you're not going to be in Amsterdam for this long I'm like no but I'm doing my own thing you know so it's 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 totally fine uh with me you know Mm -hmm. to to be to be in it and be really I don't know exploring like all that we could um yeah everything that's sort of the messages that we're getting from actually tuning out yeah it's like like extra hurdle that the modern day yogi has to get over like we, I know yeah. you're like yoga teachers we've studied so much about like ancient yoga traditions the philosophy yeah. it's like yogis like 500 years ago didn't have to deal with this extra element yeah it was simpler times and on many levels actually I think we're I think the times are way more complicated now and it's just getting harder and harder so in that, I feel that's why we need practices with rituals and routines and discipline and, you know, that we know how to ground ourselves, that we know how to turn ourselves off, you know, because I know we all know how to turn ourselves on, um, you know, like this. But definitely the practice of turning yourself off and tuning out is extremely like the effortlessness, you know, like just, you know, let it go. And I think that. Sharon Gannon um, once said it as well, like if we want to, you know, if we want to do like standing postures and and, and really learn about grounding, it's not about like putting more pressure in it. It's actually about letting go because the more we let go, um, the better we will be in, in grounding and, and finding balance is that's how you find your balance. You know, it's just like swaha, you know, <laughs> yeah. let it be, you know, just breathe. Because you see that also in when you practice yoga, when you teach yoga, that people, specifically even in the sun salutes, you know, when they're not breathing, they get so tired. And then you've only just done a warm up and they're already exhausted. And it's like, it's because you're not breathing. So it's that feeling of like, just understanding, like, let it go. It doesn't, 
it's not an exam. It's not a competition. It's just you breathing. Mm -hmm. And if you're breathing, you know, then you're not this exhausted. And it's really true, you know. I mean, I I'm talking about experience, and you know, I do it every day. So yeah, it's like I, it's something that I really learned. Also, like, oh wow, you know, as long as I breathe, I live. Yeah, yeah. You that know? also made me think a lot of Stu's teaching, like how much he focuses on the breath. And yeah, what's, what's it been like doing his, you know, coming to London, doing the weekends and weeks with them and the group? Like, how's Imagine I mean, it's pretty yeah. awesome. It's a dream. I mean, it's a dream come true, really. I mean, um, Stuart is like me, trained in Jeev Mukti. So he he got. I think he he's like he he did his his uh, training in two thousand and three, and I did mine in thirteen. So you know, he was like way ahead of me. So I see, of course, a lot of yeah. I see a lot of myself in him because of you know the way he teaches. Is like yeah, that's also how we were both kind of trained I guess but also what he's very uh, rebellious and he's very authentic and he's really like you know he's he's just completely um he does his own thing and that's what I love so much. He's, he's a free agent in that sense mm. you know so that's something that I recognize a lot and I really love that and it's something that I really uh I'm in awe of and I it inspires me a lot because I really love to be like that you know and I'm like yeah it's great and it's good to be surrounded by teachers who just like kind of you know they just sort of like um ignite something in you you know mm -hmm. like that feeling i think he's a wonderful wonderful teacher i mean just watching him teach is inspiring you know because it's like wow you know and he always has he always just has such great ways of thinking and what he shares and um yeah he's he's uh he's a wonderful 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 um being to be around as well and um he always makes me laugh and he always makes me think uh, and he just keeps me on my toes, you know? So that's what I really like about it because what happened to me was I was in, in my Jeeva Mukti training and then I came back and I was teaching for Mick, but Mick always just let me do my own thing really. So I never really had. And then after that, I came back to Europe and I had my own cafe for a long time. And so I was teaching in the cafe and I have traveled the whole world and taught in all these different studios, but I never really had one teacher who would just watch me and go, no, that's not how you say that. Or no, that's not how you do that. No, that's not the assist. And no, who taught you that, you know, kind of thing. So, so Stuart is really like, he's on, he's on it now. He's on the case. Like there's also, it can also be like a bit, like I sometimes feel very fragile, you know, cause I'm like, oh my God, like I've never really had someone kind of, you know, really watching me and, and telling me off, but you know, in a good way, I yeah. guess. It's not always in a good way though, but you know uh, <laughs> yeah he can have his moods let's just say Bobby he can have his moods I can know? imagine yeah um but but it's great I feel like I learned so much um and for me I mean I I I didn't really have an interest in like oh I'm gonna have like an extra 500 hours on my I I don't really care I just wanted to be close to Stuart and I wanted to be on his radar so for me, the most important thing was like, yeah, I, I want to be his teacher, you know, and I'd like to have a connection with him. And, you know, I guess I'm building a friendship with him and his partner. And, you know, so and that means a lot to me because I think they're just the most beautiful people. And yeah, and, and even like some some things, I you know, some things he says or does, I, do, I don't agree with. But even that is also learning, you know, it's like, OK, if I because my dream is to have my own teacher training. 
in a few years. So it's also good to sort of just, I feel like sometimes I'm a little bit like, um, you know, like Sherlock Holmes or like a spy, you know, like, mm -hmm. okay, he does it this way. I would never do that. I would do it that way. Mm -hmm. So it's also, and I've had that with Sharon and David as well, where I just disagreed with it, with a few things, but that's also fine, you know, because it's, I believe you should question everything and mm -hmm. you can't agree with everything. And then it makes you think as well. And it, it's, you're still developing, you're still growing uh, in your own sort of, you know, uh, yeah, your, your quest. So uh, for that, it's been amazing, but I could not have even have dreamt that I am where I am in my asana practice. If it wasn't for Stuart Kilchrist, I mean, I've been doing this for a really long time, but yeah, he's just such an amazing uh, teacher and his assists are so good because he kind of, you know, he shows you something, you go home, practice, 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 and then you come back to him and then, you know, and then you sort of like, okay, you change it again. And, you know, it's kind of like, he's, you're always polishing with him, but I, I don't, like, I don't feel I need Stuart because, you know, I have my own practice. I do my own practice. I'm disciplined enough to roll out of bed every morning at six and do it. And, but when I'm in his classes, I'm entertained and I'm, I'm really, you know, I feel like, okay, I, I, and I feel that a lot with many students that I'm like, you already are a diamond. All I'm doing is polishing. Mm. You know? so that feeling is that I, I feel that that's what I do with, with, uh, with him. And, and I have other great teachers in my life as well that really helped me in my practice. And mm. I'm so grateful for it. But I mean, I definitely think that, yeah, if you want to really learn yoga and you are okay with some tough love and you, you can handle a very unique approach, then this is your guy. But I can totally understand that he's not your guy as well, you know, mm -hmm. because you just have to, same with me, like I am a specific teacher and yeah, not everybody's going to relate to that. So that's why it's also so beautiful that we have many different teachers for different times in our lives, you know? yeah. Mm -hmm. So this was the right timing to meet him, actually, and and he really is hilarious. And I, what I love is that, yeah, I would say like ninety percent of the time when he's saying something specifically when it's about politics or human animal rights, I always just like two hundred percent agree with what he's saying, and I'm I'm always like nodding my head like yes, 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 and yes, you know, mm -hmm. um, because it is, and he he dares to bring it up, he dares to care. And that's not a lot of people have that sort of braveness. I definitely see that same braveness in you. You have that as well. So it's no wonder that you feel that kindredness mm. with him. Yeah, really you have this spiritual dad connection with him in a way, I guess. You know, I don't know if he likes me to say that. But <laughs> <laughs> sure. like, I mean, I'm not that old, but you know. Yeah, he's pretty old. He's pretty old. He is. He could be my dad. He could be my dad. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to switch a little because like the last, part of the podcast I really like to ask you to share your practices that the listeners can take from like you're so all like you're traveling you're you've got so much going on and I know you expressed yeah. before like how important your own practice is how you have those mm -hmm. grounding practices yeah. can you share with the listeners like what those practices are and you know how to integrate them into one's own life that's a good question yeah I mean to me, really, Bobby, the first thing really is you have to want it. If there's one thing that really annoys the shit out of me, it's, oh, yeah, I've been doing that for three days, but then I just like, okay, so then you didn't want to do it. 
you know like it's sort of this sort of if you the thing is if if you want to have a better life you want to be happy and healthy you have to want it but like really want it so if if i say to you like yeah i wake up every morning at 6 a.m that's when i do these practices da, 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 then you have to wake up at 6 a.m you know what i mean it's sort of like i mean you probably can do it at 7 a.m but depending on your schedule but it's it's one of those things where you just really need to want it because it is for me it was really something that um specifically when i'm traveling it's helping me so much because um because i feel like when i don't know if you know much about ayurveda but you know like when you travel a lot your vata can be really high and it means you're just all over the place and you get like you get this sort of it can be it can actually be anxiety as well which i don't have much but it's like this sort of anxious restless energy um which i just don't want to have so i think that doing a yoga practice every day or even like i wake up in the morning and then i meditate so the first thing i do is meditate and then I have like some practices that are for my health, but definitely also, uh, so they're more like diet thing, I guess, but they really also are very good for the mind. So I scrape my tongue and I do oil pooling um, with coconut oil for a bit. And then um, I, you know, that's also like sort of, it's a cleansing exercise as well. Um, then I see the meditation, might do a little bit of stretching and then I have like a glass of warm water and then I do my actual. So usually that's usually from six to six thirty or quarter to seven. Sometimes I also really like to give myself like a self massage. If I have like muscle pain, which is a common thing when you practice yoga all the time or something that just nourishes, really nourishes me. And I have a gratitude diary. So I like to, you know, take my five minutes of like okay what am i grateful for that day or the day before so it kind of depends on i the actual practice of like oh maybe i'll meditate a little less or a little longer or kind of also really what i i feel what my body feels like that day but then usually i always practice from seven to nine or six thirty to eight thirty or you know like that morning practice is really important to me because mm-hmm. and sometimes like for example, today I was assisting Stuart, so I I know that I'm not going to be practicing the rest of the day. So then I know like okay, then I wake up a little bit earlier, do my practice. Because in a way, it sounds weird, but it's like just get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, it's kind of like the feeling of like it's a really nice um, feeling to start the day with as well. Um, so I find that really nice and really important because it's it's just kind of this grounding yourself but also i mean if you don't have the time if you have children if you have a crazy business schedule of course you know you might not have the two two and a half hours in the morning or you just don't know like you probably have to wake up at 4 a.m or something if you want to you know get everything going so i think sometimes just having five minutes or 10 minutes that can be your pocket of joy of that day but you have to do it every day and you have to do it with a certain routine. So something that I really learned from Stuart as well, he, he once mentioned this, was like doing something, the same thing every day, preferably at the same time, is really going to develop um, your practice. Whereas if you do something different every day on different times, and you know, so routine and ritual is a very important thing. Um, and I definitely would definitely stand by that because for me with Ayurveda it's the same thing like I know when I start getting off the wagon a little bit you know like yeah okay 
because I, I in Ayurveda we we would always have warm breakfast for example you just always have warm food you know just to nourish yourself and you don't combine certain fruits you, you eat fruit alone eat it on its own and leave it alone we say that but yeah of course you know sometimes i'm here like oh but i really like to have like a fruit salad or oh, but i really love some granola which actually isn't a warm breakfast so so sometimes you know and of course you can um i always try to be 80 20 you know like there's times where i can mm -hmm. also i don't it doesn't all have to be ayurvedic food or ayurvedic practices but i think just doing um little things but really nourishing yourself i think is really important because i think specifically many people yogis but anybody i think we're so used to look after other people mm -hmm. you know and then um or your, your job or your work or like what you were saying you just work so hard and then you forget about and it feels um good and i do i would definitely recommend just wake up 20 minutes earlier than you normally do. And those 20 minutes can be like, you know, and it, it can be life changing if you really start. And in the beginning, it's hard, you know, if you're not used to waking up early or, or also in the evening, if you're more an evening person, you know, do your downtime. Like for me, like my phone switches off at eight and I can't get on any apps or anything. It's just like, no downtime. <laughs> and then it's sleep time at 10. So I really make sure that between 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. I'm not doing anything. Like I'm not on any device. I'm not doing anything. Um, I'm just relaxing. And I have this specific warm milk that I drink in the evening to calm myself down. And, and those are, you know, practices that I do try to do every day, even when I'm traveling. Mm -hmm. so you should see my back because it's full of like like six or seven different ayurvedic spices and three bags of protein powder and like i got you know but i think it's important to um you know to yeah to just have to just have a steady practice of, of the same thing i think that 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 would definitely be my um my advice or that's sort of how i how i live my life and i think that when you know your body tunes in really quick i remember when i started like waking up this early the first week or two weeks i was like no please i don't want to do and it was in winter you know i was like no but then i mean even in winter time also bobby there is something so special about like having your little candle on and just like lighting your little light and you know and then just have that time for yourself you know mm -hmm. where you don't need to go anywhere you just you know give yourself that space so and to be gentle with yourself you know like like because it can sound like wow that's a regime you know <laughs> do this do this do this you know if there is a morning where you feel super tired of course you know stay in bed or you know do something that feels right for you or for example i think for us women which is something that i sometimes get a little bit annoyed with male t-shirts that they just don't know or they have not really uh sometimes they come across a bit disrespectful but we we have monthly um cycles you know like we have our menstrual cycles and in those cycles Ashtanga, they say lady holidays um but you know it's kind of like yeah you you are going to feel different and uh, things can become painful or you know certain postures you shouldn't really be doing and yeah, so I, I try to be very gentle with myself as well, because yeah, you know, in those days you might just want to do a light stretch and maybe not do a yogasana class. 
but I was speaking to a friend the other day of like doing an experiment where one day maybe I'll I will take my lady holidays and see if I feel the difference um because I think it's important I think it's important to um yeah to just look look after yourself Mm -hmm. I love that what you call it like your little pocket of joy and yeah. I think you know everyone whoever you are yogi or not like you said can just benefit even from thinking of it in that way it's like back to the effort for effortlessness if we just mm -hmm. take time and know that the purpose is to take care of ourselves nourish ourselves it's yeah perfect yeah and just to wind up I always like to ask everybody at the end of the conversation if you I mean you kind of did just give some amazing practices and tips but any words of wisdom from your own life mm -hmm. from your own spiritual gap year that you could leave the the listeners with I think we live in a world where I think a lot of times we feel so small you know like we feel like we're not good enough or oh you know that person can do this i will never be able to do that or specifically in yoga right so like where people go like yeah but you know i can't do that like yeah you can't do that yet you know it takes time so i think like it's also about definitely like whatever is going on in your life or whatever you know like to not compare yourself with others but also to really trust and believe in yourself you know that you you are that person you know and like for example you know like within Jeevan Mukti we have like that you have to take an advanced exam for certain then you are a mentor or whatever and then you fill that exam and I'm just like like I, who cares who gives a shit about that you know because at the end of the day you are that teacher you are that person you know and I think no matter what anybody tells you you know you should know your own value and your own worth and I think that yeah definitely we still live in a world where we put down people of color we put down women we put down trans people we put down gay people we put down you know we we still live like I mean I am so privileged because I'm a white woman you know uh, and I live in Europe and, you know, um, and I think of, of this all the time where, and I have it pretty, I've had it pretty hard and tough at times. And then I'm like, wow, what if I was black, you know, and, and not living in, you know, in, in like Europe or certain luxury countries. And, and I think that we need to understand that, you know, um, yeah, there's so much, we can be you know um and and i think that that's a really important thing to think about that 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 trust and believe in yourself um is the most important um skill and sort of yeah anchor to hold on to you know so like that's what i would say and, and just be a rebel you know like be a wild child you know like don't just don't go with the masses, you know, just be who you truly are. I mean, as you know, I think that that's something that I, and it isn't always going to be easy, but I, I hope that people, yeah, from this conversation also go like, yeah, if you feel like, oh, I'm going to have a spiritual gap here. Yeah. Maybe I'll just, just do it, you know, like fearlessly and, 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 um, because people are always going to, I mean, I hear it all the time, Bobby, oh, you'll never make it oh, how are you going to do it for money then? And oh, so what? You're just relying on Miguel or, oh, oh okay. So what, you know, 
and it's like I didn't you know that's another thing Bobby that I also want to give as advice never ever listen to people and when people give you advice without you asking for it just tell them to shut up you know yeah like when people so for example Bobby you come to me and you have a problem right I will always ask you do you want my opinion do you want my advice and if you say no I'm actually <laughs> I'm just wanting to share you know I just want to vent totally you know why are we giving people like without people even asking us like straight away an opinion advice you know commentary judgment leave it alone like you know it's you don't know what's going on with someone and I think you know no matter what anybody else thinks just do your own thing you know because you know you know it deep inside you you, and we were all born perfectly you know, mm-hmm. and we already have everything inside of us, but then life happens and the world happens and we build all these layers. And that's the only thing that yoga and this spiritual powerful thing gives us. It's like, okay, you have to, t- you have to unpeel those layers. You have to take them off, off, off like an onion. And, and then that's what, because we don't want more, more, more. We want less, less, mm-hmm. less, less, less. Like our, my, my path or my, journey in life and my goal is to come to zero because that's what we eventually want like I sometimes even feel it you know when I have good days I go wow I didn't really worry about anything today like is there really nothing to worry about today you know and and then I I get freaked out about it because I'm like but I was really stressed a few days ago so you know sometimes it's like checking in with yourself as well like it's totally fine to be you know happy and to have good thoughts and you know sometimes you just don't have to worry and you can just live and yeah it's my wish for everyone you know to just that we can be good for each other good for ourselves and that we create a nicer world to live in you know and that we can step away from stupid brexit and and you know visa crap and and you know closing borders and being awful to people just because they have a different color than us and and the same with animals how we treat them because we think we're bigger and better than them um i just yeah i just and i really feel and believe in that world that we can make that happen and it starts with us you know mm-hmm. i believe it too i'm glad yeah it's, always, you do. it's, it's always it's always just inspiring to re- to meet others so that we can reflect and be on the path together and yeah keep the torch burning you know totally and and give that torch over to others as well you know like mm-hmm. it's like okay i'll have the torch now and then you give it to someone else you know it's like um yeah to me and it's beautiful what you're creating and i that's another thing that's also so fun about you and your podcast and i think it's one of the most important things to have in life is to be curious Mm-hmm. because if you're curious you'll have the best adventures you know a person that's curious will always be like you know ooh, i want more i want to know this i want to know that and and you explore and you're you know you're just on this yeah on this curiosity journey and i think that that's a, a, a very wonderful yeah it's a very wonderful skill to have you know to be curious especially in combination with with yoga it's a quest you know it's 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 yeah it's like a journey yeah I love it I love calling it a quest it's awesome and yeah it really is 
And if, um, speaking of curiosity, if I'm definitely curious to check out your upcoming workshop that you're doing with Dr. Ayurveda, if you want to just touch on that a little bit, and I will leave the link in the notes for people to join. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really lovely. So the place where I'm doing my course, um, Drew, Drew Yoga or Drew Ayurveda, um, they asked me to do a mask. What's also really lovely, actually, Bobby, is, you know, like, when you have a teacher, you are also teaching them, mm-hmm. you know, because when I started this course, I mean, most of the people on the course are vegetarian, but they know very little about veganism. So I'm teaching them, you know, in a way. So, so this came up as um, if I wanted to teach a master, master class. And then, so we call it, are you vegan? Love that. <laughs> yeah, we do. And I touch base on veganism through the yamas uh, from the Patanjali Yoga Sutras. So kind of old uh, yogic texts, really, and sort of, you know, unpacking it in a way that, you know, you're going to go through the yamas and they talk a little bit about, of course, the doshas and the gunas and um, other Ayurvedic practices. But just giving people, yeah, the knowledge and exactly what you just uh, asked me to do, like just give people some, you know, some practices that you can do at home and, um, and you know, how, how, do you, how do you adapt Ayurveda an Ayurveda lifestyle to to veganism how do you bring them together I mean it's just lovely that I got like I'm you know studying still but I I get the opportunity to also really share some of my knowledge about stuff that I know a lot about and um and I love talking about I mean I can talk about veganism all the time so but specifically in in the context of Ayurveda because Ayurveda is all about you know like you know connecting with nature and being being good to nature being good to planet earth so to me it's completely the same as as being vegan because that's also the consciousness of you know we only have one planet so i find it really quite i don't know for me it's like yeah it's like one on one is two right <laughs> um that if you really want to establish yourself in these practices you, you should be vegan so mm-hmm. um so yeah it's nice to sort of inspire and encourage other people to get into that path and be good to uh to nature and mm-hmm. and be good to yourself at the same time and you know learn a little bit learn some new tricks and trades i guess yes well i'm well, definitely gonna sign up it looks amazing yay, Bobby! Yay. <laughs> and um you're, you're yeah. curious you're curious that's yeah. why well, I'm I'm excited. So I did my uh, teacher training in India at an Ayurvedic farm, but it's same. It was vegetarian, and it never made sense to me. I'm like, it seems outdated, people. So yeah, no. Bobby, I always say, if Krishna was alive right now, he would be vegan. He would like, be on cashew milk, not. That's it. <laughs> you would be drinking that only until there is no tomorrow. You know? Pouring like, it on the lingam, it, just like <laughs> he loves. He loves cows so much. Like you know, for me, there's never. Stuart and I always joke about this. Like yeah, as if Krishna wouldn't be vegan if he would live right now. You know, and I mean, it, and I think he even like was. You know, I mean, he's. I don't know. It's just for me, it makes so much sense. You know, the love for cows and the love for for nature. You know, you just don't. Specifically, the ghee and the cow's milk. I really have have problems with or the eggs as well you know it's like guys come on you know but you know uh rome wasn't built in a day and we all started somewhere so and that's also another thing that i have learned a lot about bobby is is being less harsh and hard on people 
because definitely when I started my animal rights activism, I was one of those yelling, you are all, you all should die <laughs> activists. Very angry, very pissed off with the world and not understanding how you could be such an idiot for, you know, blah, 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 blah. But now I feel, yeah, also definitely being more established in my spiritual practice. I'm like, you know, I, I'm definitely less judgmental and I'm just trying to be very compassionate towards people and just kind of rub it off on them and i think when you specifically and this is a really nice story to close with is um in this ashram that i was talking about i I never i was never judgmental nor did i ever you know say anything and i had opinions trust me bobby but i kept them to myself you know and i was never harsh to anybody there i was just serving like i was cooking vegan foods you know putting and my love goes in every meal like whatever i make it's like bhakti 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 it's like in there first ingredient and i don't know like there was just uh, there was just this love uh for the community and 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 for serving and then uh one of the the owners of the of the co-founders of the of the ashram of two um he we met for the first time and I gave him a big hug and I had a bit of a chat I never ever mentioned anything right I was just doing there doing my vegan thing and then I think a few weeks after that all of a sudden um a memo went out to everyone uh, in this ashram and in the different ashrams that Drew has around the world um the different communities um that there was no more cow's milk used in specific um rituals you know which we call abhishekam um and i was just like when i heard that like i had like goosebumps i was like what you know and then of course everybody came to me like oh what did you say and have you said anything and i said i haven't said anything you know but to me it was just this beautiful example of if you just show up and do the work and have a loving heart you don't have to scream. I don't have to scream anymore. You know, like I just say by doing. And I think that that I always believe that if you really want to convince someone, bake them a gorgeous brownie, but do not go into discussion over the Christmas table, like just leave it alone. You know, like I think that doing it in that way um, makes such a big difference. And I, and I, I'm, if I look back, like I've been spending, I don't know, like the last seven, eight months, you know, so now and then in this ashram. And I'm just really proud of of um, what I've already been able to do there and the impact that I've already had. And I'm only just starting <laughs> um, because, you know, I'm building relationships there as well. And I hope to be in this community for a long time. But it, it feels, it felt amazing, you know, to, because at the end of the day, I really strongly believe that, the animals are my clients and they are why I do what I do. And that just meant, I don't know. I, I really felt like winning <laughs> you know? like a small victory. Yeah. Um, and it's just step by step and it's without judgment. It's just understanding that we all come from different ways and different angles. And, and if we can encourage and inspire, then, then yeah, I mean, I really felt that night I went to sleep and I just thought to myself, my job is done, you nice. know? Yeah. It was really nice. It yeah. is a beautiful story to end on. And right? I definitely see you as one that's living the example. So just 
want to end by appreciating you and your message and what you're putting out into the world is so necessary and I just love and appreciate that you came on the show today and it's been so Thank great you to meet you. yeah you're you're such you're such a gem and I, I was really I was so so you know listened to a few of your episodes I really love what you're doing and I was super excited when you asked me so I wish you all the best and uh, I hope you get lots and lots and lots of more yogis on and Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Curious Yogi Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes. It really, really helps the show reach more people. Or share on social. And of course, follow on your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss an episode. I appreciate the love and I appreciate you. Let's stay curious, connected, and keep walking the yogi's path together. In oneness and delight, this is Bobby signing off until next time.